This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I have Danielle Campbell from the Treasury with me here today. Are you are you there, Danielle? Yep, I'm here. Fantastic. Danielle's joining us on the phone because Treasury is all the way over in Thames. Yes. Yep. Be- beautiful part of the country, eh? Yes, yes, it's amazing here. <laughs> Very lucky to be living here. Yeah, most definitely. Look, we're going to talk to you about the Treasury today, which is a pretty unique organisation actually, community organisation, so we're going to discover all about what the Treasury is and you've got a relatively new role so I wanted to talk to you about what it is you're doing there. So, um, uh, yeah. oh, sorry. so, so let, let, let's just start with what the Treasury is. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the organisation is and does? Yep, so um, the Treasury is a heritage research centre and archive um, and we collect documentary heritage material from around the Coromandel Hauraki region. So this could be anything from books, newspapers, maps, photographs, letters, all sorts. Um, And then we preserve those items in our archive, which is temperature and humidity controlled, and then we make that material accessible to researchers who come in. um, And we get all sorts of people coming in. A lot of people come in to do family family history research, but Mm. um, people can come in and do, you know, research into built heritage, mining history, social history. There's a whole range. So is it is it really um, the history, the documents of the Thames kind of area? Nope. So um, it's the entire Coromandel Hauraki region. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, we are based in Thames, but that's something we're really trying to promote is that we don't just service the town of Thames, it's the whole two regions. And it's quite an interesting region, eh? It's, it's had quite a, um, quite a history, and particularly around um, that mining history. Yep, yep. So it's got a really strong gold mining history. Um, and most of the heritage attractions in Thames are based around that, that gold mining history. But um, I think, you know, that there is a lot of other sorts of social and cult- cultural histories that, uh, you know, some of them are being told, but some of them aren't. And, and there's a whole lot more than just the gold mining here, basically. <laughs> so, so where do you get these documents and, and um, items uh, for the Treasury? Where do they even come from? So a lot of them come from individuals. Um, it might be an item that was passed down through someone's family, but um, we also get a lot of donations from organisations like um, other museums and libraries um, from around the two regions because um, apart from what's in, the, in Hamilton, I think that we are the only institution that has a purpose-built archive. With, yeah. Like I say, it, that it has that temperature and humidity control. So a lot of other museums don't have that, and that's why they might decide to donate their documentary heritage yeah. to us. So make sure that it's been well-preserved and looked after. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. You've actually got quite a few members. You've got 100 members um, taken over there, which is great. Like, How does someone become a member of the Treasury? Um, so you just would either come in through the front doors or or call us or email us um, and you can become a member and that gives you um, unlimited free research on site at the Treasury for the year, your subscription year. Um, so we, yeah, we do have a lot of members um, that you'll also be subscribed to our e-newsletter so we try to keep everyone updated every few months about what's going on here and 
Um, yeah, we also actually have a really high number of volunteers. So the current our current list has about fifty seven. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, a lot of those members are volunteers as well. Oh, that's that's really cool. What what would a volunteer do there? Um, so there's quite a few different roles. Um, it can range from just coming in every once in a while to help out with an event like an exhibition or a book launch um, to someone who comes in a couple of times a month and they might be rostered on front desk so they'd be greeting researchers as they come in or visitors to the building as they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also got researchers, uh, volunteer researchers in our reading room who help the public when they come in. Uh, and we have a lot of volunteers who are involved in mm. cataloging and archive processing work. I was actually going to ask you about that, like, you know, how you actually store your documents and how you find them. Like, you know, you know, there's like in a library, there's a Dewey Decimal system. Is it similar um, in the in the Treasury? Do you have a system like that? So that if someone says, hey, I'm looking for this particular type of information, it's mm. easy for you guys to get hold of? Yep. So um, all items that come in get given an accession number and that might be if it was donated this year and it was the 50th donation of this year, it might be 2021.050.1. And yeah, the items come in as a collection and then they're all given individual, each item is given an individual number. But um, we've got a big push at the moment to get all of our all of our collection catalogued into a central um, a CMS, a collection management system. Mm. So that way we can type in you know, someone's name or a place in the Hodaki region um, and and people can find out if anyone in their family has donated here before or if, you know, there's any photographs of their parents when they were in primary school and and we've we've really got a whole range here and, yeah, the goal is to try and make it all accessible by putting it into this CMS. That that sounds actually really exciting. <laughs> um, we might come back to that, but um, I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the donations that you get then as well throughout the year. Is that um, in relation to sort of donations of items that's coming from family homes? Uh, yes. So so this is um, yeah by donations I mean donations of items um, mm. and. So, yeah, a lot of them are coming from individuals and their family items, but then a lot of them are from organisations. Um, but so this year we probably have about 10 donations a month or 10, 10 people coming in with donations but yeah. uh, of items. But most people are not just bringing in one book or one photograph. They're bringing in usually a whole box. So we probably have hundreds of items that come in wow. each month that we have to catalogue. And if it's going into our archive, then it has to be... Um, frozen or fumigated to make sure that no pests get into the archive and yep. then um, mm. yeah, it's processed and, and boxed up and accessioned and all of that. So um, what would be your criteria for accepting or excluding a particular donation? Um, so it needs to relate to the Coromandel or Hauraki region. Um, that's kind of the main criteria. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's it does need to be, in general, we try to only accept original items, like original letters and, and photographs rather than photocopied mm. items. And um, most, you, you know, we, we're pretty lenient on the condition, but if it's in really terrible condition, we can't really accept it. Or, or I would discourage someone from donating it just because um, at the Treasury, even though we can do preservation work, we can't actually do conservation work. We yes. don't have anyone here with those skills to be able to repair or restore an item um, so that's when I would maybe recommend they take it to an institution that does have those facilities where they could carry out that work. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so, Danielle, where have you come from? What was your background? Um, so, 
prior to this, I was working as a heritage advisor at Wellington City Council, and I was doing um, research into heritage buildings that oh, we wow. wanted to, well, potential heritage buildings that we wanted to add to the district plan so that they could be protected from demolition and modification. So you've got a, a um, kind of a history in this sort of space, in the kind of, um, in the space of history and preservation. Yeah, so, yeah, so my, my undergrad was in history, and I recently completed a Master's of Museum and Heritage oh, Studies, cool. and um, I did a couple of internships at Te Papa in the art curating team and at the New Zealand Police Museum prior to starting at Wellington City Council. Oh wow, so you've moved from Wellington all the way up to Thames to, to take on this yep. role? Yep. It's an exciting role though, eh? it's pretty cool. Yeah, yep, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's, it's a, there's a whole lot of variety to the role and sometimes in bigger institutions you just have, you know, your role is, is one small part of a, a big moving wheel sort yes. of thing and then at these smaller regional <laughs> places you get get a whole lot of experience in different areas. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly something you can get your teeth into. And it, it's cool to see that um, that some things have sort of happened eh, since you've come on board. So you're reopened now on Fridays or is that still happening? Yep, so um, we had to close on Fridays last year due to COVID and, and a lack of um, volunteer numbers. But now we've reopened. So we're open Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, 11 till 3. And um, we've this year, we just recently, we've also reduced those research charges. So um, it hasn't always been free for members to come in and do research, oh, okay. but it, it is now. And for non-members, it used to be $15 an hour to do research, um, which was a bit off-putting for some people, mm. quite expensive. And so now we've lowered that to $5 an hour, which most people are pretty happy to pay. Yeah, and, and obviously, uh, it takes money for you guys to run, a. Eh? So you do need to get income from various places. Yep, yep. So we, um, the, the trust here, so the Treasury Research Centre and Archive is, is sort of the operating name and um, the business or the trust name is the Coromandel Heritage Trust and the board there spend a lot of their time working on funding applications yeah. in order to try to get some money. <laughs> <laughs> keep, you, keep you there. It's yeah. always a bonus. <laughs> hey, can, yep. can you tell me a little bit about the free tours um, that you, you have going on? Yes, so um, this is sort of involved in this push to make the collection as accessible as possible because it hasn't always been as accessible in the past. Um, so basically anyone that comes in as a visitor, they're just interested in knowing about what we do here and, and the history of the building because we're in a heritage building, a former Carnegie Library, and then our archive was built a few years ago as an adjoining building. Um, but yeah, anyone that comes in and just wants to know about the building, I can give them a tour or one of our front desk volunteers will give them a tour. And if they are interested in coming through to sort of see behind the scenes in the archive, then I'm always happy to bring them through because a lot of people have never seen anything like it, really, <laughs> never been in a building like that. So, um, that, yeah, that, that's an option for people if they're interested. And um, I also bring our donors in, so the people who donate items. I want them to be able to see where their items are going to be stored and know that they're going to be preserved properly. So I will bring them do the tour for them and bring them through to the archive as well. That's really cool. Um, you have a loans option as well? Yes, so um, we have started doing loans um, to other heritage institutions, mm. um, but it's we've only done one loan so far, which was a big um, montage of um, photos of World War II soldiers that we loaned to the Thames Museum, mm. um, which is now on display. So um yeah, we're, we would love to loan our items so that they can be on display at other museums. Um, but every item that goes out needs to needs to have a condition report before it goes out. It needs to be, have a signed loan agreement. 
um, and we need to make sure that it's going to be displayed properly and there's not going to be any damage to it while mm. it's online. So there's quite a process with it, so we, we can't, we're not doing them every week, but it's something we're totally open to and we encourage anyone that if they do have items here that they think yeah, it could be appropriate for a loan then to get in touch with us. I love that idea, I, just about growing that accessibility so people are learning more about the heritage of the space, you know, I think it's, it's an awesome idea, um, but I can imagine it's a little bit scary as well to let go some of these um, really precious treasures, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's a necessity though, um, you know, on a case-by-case basis, like another loan that um, I think will be sort of on the horizon for us is one of the Masonic Lodges is donated all of their documentary records to us um, and they want them to stay here but they have, are now writing their 150 year history and they want those records back I think maybe for a period of a few months and then they're oh. going to return them so um, yeah I think it's really important that we are doing things like this and, and not just you know things come in and no one ever gets to see them again. Yeah absolutely that, make, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, so what about the future what are you kind of looking at um, in, in the next sort of 12 to 24 months? Um, so coming up, we've got um, a few oral history projects or potential projects. Um, so we've got some training booked in at the Treasury for our volunteers to get skilled in the oral history recording area. Um, we're about to purchase some new oral history equipment, and um, we are partnering with Mercury Bay Museum to do to interview residents of Fidianga. So um, the, the Treasury has a history of doing oral history interviews. I think we have. Um, done almost 100 over the years wow. uh, and now but a lot of those were with people in teams so again we're, we're trying to increase our partnerships with other institutions around the regions so yeah. that people know that we don't just service teams so um, yep we'll be loaning our equipment and some of our volunteers to this um, oral history project with Mercury Bay Museum and um we're also hoping, hoping to work with um, a local primary school who the principal there is taking a sabbatical to develop a local history resource um, and we're hoping to contribute uh, in, you know, in the form of being able to record some oral history interviews and, and that resource is going to be based around iwi history. So oh, um, we're hoping, mm. yeah, we're hoping we can be of use with that project. Oh, that um, sounds and, awesome. How long, yeah, and, how long oh, are those sorry. interviews, like when you, when you sort of put one together, what sort of, what is it like an hour or uh, is it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I haven't actually recorded by myself, but I think industry standard is not to go over an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That... Um, yeah, and just so some of the other things that are coming, well, hope, we hope to be working on later this year is um, some outreach and education programs. So going, you know, I did a time capsule workshop at um, a school in Taitawa earlier this year, and I hope to be able to run that at other schools in future to get kids thinking about the collection and preservation of documentary heritage. Um, and... You know, outreach project programs, there's some things at the moment that some museums are doing, like Museum in a Box, where they bring some of their items out to rest homes or out to schools, people that can't come in to see them physically, and then they, you know, get to share these treasures with, with other people yeah. who can't be on site. Um, yeah, and then and we're also hoping to continue with um, digitizing work. So we've started digitizing our collection, and we hope to make that available on our website soon. Um, and... Yeah, and, I, and I'd also really like, sorry, we've been talking a lot, um, <laughs> just the last thing I'm, I'm really hoping to do this year is to organise an internship for either uh-huh. high school students or tertiary, tertiary people, maybe from University in Waikato, and um, get people, you know, some experience in this industry, because it's a really fascinating industry to be part of. Oh, absolutely, I, and I, I love that idea of an internship. Um, 
yeah, it, it's such a specialised area, eh? Working with um, kind of museums and, and old documents and things like that. So, really exciting if you can give someone some first-hand experience, kind of in and around that space. Mm, yeah, yeah. So my internships that I did as part of my masters were invaluable. So yeah, that's why I'm really hoping to give someone else that experience. Yeah, I think that's an awesome idea. You've got a number of um, events too, like um, book launch, tours, uh, time capsule workshops. I mean, it's some really interesting stuff that's going on. How does the public um, take up those sorts of opportunities? Um, so I think it's kind of on us to be really proactive about promoting our events um, and you know some of these recent changes um, at the Treasury which is why I'm doing this interview because I really want to get the word out there yeah. um, and, and make it known to the public but um, yeah so that's going to be a big push for us you know we're developing a new website right now um, we're trying to be more active on social media um, yeah if people were um, wanting to find you on social media um, how, how do they go about doing that um, so we're just under the Treasury Thames um, on Facebook and we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Fantastic. Then just look up the Treasury Thames yep. and um, and then like and follow or whatever you do on other platforms. <laughs> Clearly I'm old so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yep. Yep. But that's really cool because obviously you, you post a lot in those places, the sorts of things that are coming up that people might engage with. But yeah, and I, I've just started, a, I just yesterday started this new social media series where we actually want to be sharing some of these new donations of, of items that come in. Um, so we're going to be yeah, taking photos of that and, and um, sharing what has come in this year and then also sharing some sort of, you know, a bit of the weird and wonderful items we come across along the way as we can try to catalogue our whole collection. I really like that. I, I think that's a marvellous idea. Um, and you've got quite a few followers already. You know, you've got nearly a 1,000 people who are following the work that you're doing. So there's obviously a real interest, eh? And and I think you're right. That that key thing is how do you let others know um, that it's actually you know you're there and it's all happening. Yeah, yep. So we, yep, we also just did a did an interview with the Bay of Plenty Times, which they just um, put out the other couple of days ago. Um, so hopefully that's going to result in a little bit more widespread knowledge of what we're doing here as well. So if someone wants to become a member, how much does that cost? So it's forty five dollars for, for the year for an annual membership. So it's pretty, it's really reasonable, eh? Yeah. So if if you're planning, you know, it's five dollars an hour for non-members to come in. So if you're planning to come in for a couple hours, you know, more than once a year, then it's worth becoming a member. Yeah, and and at the very least to support the amazing work that you guys are doing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, it's we're very grateful to all of our members who've. Been, um, most of them have been members for a long time. Yeah, no, that's it's really cool. So, do you find people sort of come along and start? Um, like, is it like I'm trying to think of what inspires people to connect in the first place? Is you do you find it's often around genealogy and people trying to understand their history a bit better, or is it um, it's an interest in New Zealand history, or what do you find really motivates people, or is it kind of just a broad range of many things? Um, yeah, I think a lot of our volunteers are initially became involved um, with the Treasury's work through their interest in genealogy and their own family history and helping others to, you know, do research into their history. So, mm. um, yeah, that's definitely part of it. But um, I think, you know, like I was saying, our collection really spreads across a whole range of social, cultural histories. And, um, uh, yeah, I think the volunteers here who are actually working with that archival material, these you know, pre-1900 letters and photographs, um, that 
it's really it's really a fascinating job. So, um, you know, I I think and I hope that they are really getting a lot out of the time that they donate. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure they do. I think what's really cool about it is, um, I mean, you can do a lot of internet search, searches, right? Like looking for your genealogy and finding some bits and pieces. But what I love about what you guys have is potentially photographs and letters and, you know, the stuff that kind of puts flesh to the names. Yeah, yep, definitely. And and we do have a lot of records that haven't been digitised yet, so they aren't going to be available online anywhere. Um for instance, like um, the National Library have digitised a lot of newspapers from around New Zealand yeah. up till 1950. So you can, you know, any newspaper searching you want to do online up to 1950, Papers Pass is the place to go. But um, we have a whole lot of newspaper collections from around the region for, for post-1950. Mm. So um, even though we haven't digitised those, um, they are here and they are accessible and people can come in and have a look if they know which newspaper they want and what year and that kind of thing. Um, with people touching things like newspapers, is that a concern? Like, How do you preserve um, them from people, the oils on people's hands and stuff? Yeah, well, I have looked into this a little bit and my understanding of sort of best practice handling at the moment in the industry is that um, like gloves aren't, aren't necessarily um, needed for items that aren't print photographs, so yep. they always need to be worn for handling print photographs. So if someone, if there's a photograph in the archives that someone wants to look at, I would bring it out for them, but I would also bring them gloves. Um, and in terms of like books and letters, uh, even though I wouldn't ask someone to wear gloves, um, we have like cushion support so that we can, if we're opening out these books, that they have sort of um, uh, support and stability mm. on, on both sides. Um, but, you know, if something is in, in really... Uh, really bad condition I, I'm, I may not bring it out and I may I, yeah I don't know I may yeah. actually ask someone to come into the archive and just have a look at it without touching <laughs> yeah yeah I can understand that I mean it, it, it's such a um, magnificent place and I love the name the treasury because it, it really does describe what it is you're holding eh mm. yep yep we've got a lot of treasures here so if people want to come and see you guys um, where do they come to exactly uh, so we're at 705 Queen Street in Thames um, and we're in uh, the, it's a former Carnegie Library building so it's very easy to spot uh, and then we've got our purpose-built archive next to it um, but yeah so if, if people want to come in and see us that's great and we also do we also do a lot of remote research requests though so um, people can't people who can't come in to see us they might be in the South Island or something um, they will just contact us by phone or email and they might ask us to do some research on their behalf. Oh, that just sounds perfect, eh? And and certainly would encourage people to, to make contact with you guys, and they could do that, I'm sure, through your Facebook page, but do you have another contact, an email contact for people to reach out to you? Yep, they can just email info.thetreasury at gmail.com. Nice and, and easy. We'll get that and we'll respond to them within a, a day or so. Perfect. Hey, look, thanks, Danielle. I really appreciate you coming and sharing all of that with us today. Um, magnificent work, and congratulations on your job. It sounds like you're going to be super busy. Yeah, it's definitely been really busy, but thank you. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, that's Danielle Campbell from the Treasury over there in Thames. Certainly encourage you to go over and have a look. I'll just take a short break before we're back with you.
listening to Connect with Community Waikato. Holly Snape here, just um, finishing off for this morning. Um, just wanted to give you a heads up about um, just a bit of an event that Evolve uh, are holding. Um, Andre, who you may have recalled us at some stage having a conversation with him, they do amazing work um, really supporting people who experience depression and anxiety, anxiety, depression. Um, and Andre is doing a 48-hour continuous walk around um, the lake and encouraging people to go along there and, and um, join him for a conversation if they want. Um, you might just want to just be there for a bit of the walk and, and show some support for the work that Andre and the team are doing at Evolve. So um, it is going to be really exciting. This is all happening on the 4th. Um, well, it's actually over several days because, of course, it's a... It's a 48-hour walk, so it starts on the 4th of June at 12pm. And that's starting at Inners Common. So if you do want to just get along there and have a catch-up with Andre, he would certainly, I think, appreciate the company. And especially after, you know, 20 hours of walking or thereabouts, I'm sure he'll be taking breaks from time to time. Um, That's really us for another week. Really appreciate you listening to us. We will be back again next week so you can tune in um, same time to connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0 For more episodes use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.